So uh, we're in a series that you actually brought to us called The Seven Yeses, and yes. we're excited about it. Yeah, so if any of you are here for the first time, uh, we are going through a book that is called The Seven Primal Questions by Mike Foster. A lot of people have already gotten it. Uh, we'll allow you to go on your phones right now if you need to go to Amazon to get it. <laughs> it is legal. Uh, yeah, it's legal. Um, but basically, he's done this research to come up with like seven primal questions that we all ask. And it, they're very common questions as yep. we've gone through them. On December, we start on December 31st, and we did it last week. However, based on our upbringings and things we've experienced, and uh, kind of what I call our primal experience, we have one apex question. Right. That kind of question subconsciously and consciously drives us. What causes us to be triggered by the things we're triggered, the, in, the, the things that we face, the things we struggle with, uh, you know, where we might scramble in some unhealthy ways is oftentimes we're trying to get a yes to this answer that maybe we didn't get a clear yes to as we are growing up and through our earlier years. But even more importantly, I think that we both like, we also are empowered to bring something beautiful, a primal gift to the world because of this question. Yeah. So as we talked about the first, uh, the first uh, day we did this, it's not something to be fixed. Right. It's kind of something to understand, to, to kind of understand how it works in your life and maybe in the life of people around you, but then to come to realize what you bring to the world and how powerful that is. Yep. And so uh, we looked at, am I safe? Yep. We last talked about week. safety last week, which is a primal question, probably the primal question, right? Every living organism has this built-in mechanism to be safe. And so the yes last week was, yes, I am safe. Today we're gonna to talk about am I secure? And the goal today is to get to the yes, right? Yes, I am secure. Now safety and security are related, so let me kind of put it to you this way. There is a polar vortex sweeping the entire United States of America right now, right? Anything Except for Temecula, right? We're oh, yeah. the only one. Temecula is the only it. safe city. Everything else is uninhabitable. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> So, you know, come to Temecula, everybody, move to Temecula. We've got a couple of spare bedrooms. Our kids are old and gone, so, uh, but come, enjoy. Yes. It's beautiful out there. Yes. If you're watching degrees. from another state, I did not even wear a jacket today. This is <laughs> exactly. all I got going. Gorgeous. Anyway, not to brag, but, <laughs> so safety and security. If you're facing, like, you know, uninhabitable 99% of the United States of America, safety is the system that keeps you warm. So it's like a thermostat, it's a system. You have an HVAC system in your house, in your work, it's the system that keeps you protected. That's safety, we talked about that last week. Security is more of a feeling. Security is a feeling of being surrounded by relationship and surrounded by warmth. Yeah. So we want to feel not only safe by the systems around us that protect us, but the relationships, financial security that keeps us warm, that keeps us, I guess, comfortable would be a word. Yeah, totally. And so when it comes to the security, this is my primal question. I talked about that uh, yep. the first day, right? So a lot of it does have to do with financial, but it also has a lot to do with relational, okay? Maybe you were raised in a home where finances were a struggle and you lived paycheck to paycheck. Uh, like, like my family, my dad you know, had to work two jobs and we didn't really go on many vacations in the sense of nice things. We always were just trying to, hey, money doesn't grow on trees, you know? And so I remember going to get tennis shoes and it'd be, we'd go to, was it called Kenny's? Remember Kenny's shoes? I remember Kenny's. And there was a whole list. It started with the cheap shoes to the expensive shoes. <laughs> I had two choices. Yeah, and I just, I just admire the shoes over here. Like you get the cheap shoes and that just creates something in you. But even more so for me, it's relational security. Uh, growing up in a home where there was divorce, where there was um, alcohol abuse, where there was suicide attempts, where there was mental health issues, where my mom spent time in Betty Ford clinics. And, and I never knew as a young man, like, what am I gonna come home to? 
Uh, there was times my junior year when I came home and my mom was gone and, and she had gotten shipped off to a Betty Ford clinic and I didn't see her for months. And so that created in me, even in my early 20s, a lot of insecurity. I always felt safe in the sense I never felt unsafe. I always felt loved by my family but never felt secure, didn't know what was gonna happen. And then that folds over. And I didn't realize until like six months ago, like how deeply that has driven me in my life and, and how much of something I have to avoid is feeling insecure in relationships and almost getting overwhelmed if I'm afraid maybe someone doesn't like me or I've hurt someone or I wasn't there for someone. We, I wonder like how much being a pastor is a good idea uh, when, it came, <laughs> when, it, when it came to this struggle because you let people down and that over my 30 years as a pastor has been the hardest things for me. And it can make me stay up at night, uh, struggle sleeping. And all of a sudden I didn't contact someone. I didn't see someone. I wasn't there. And that is real insecure. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the same time, it brings something beautiful. I think I help people feel secure and I care about relationships. I want people to trust me maybe early on because I needed to be liked a little bit more because of that insecurity. But as I've grown and matured in answering the question, I am secure. I have beautiful, secure relationships. I am financially secure, even though I check my, uh, I check my Chase account every morning right when I wake up. It <laughs> never it changes, <laughs> but it's the same because I'm just wondering. Uh, I think now as I've gotten that yes and I've understood that more, I bring something to the table of helping people feel secure and, yep. and uh, helping people feel cared for and seen and maybe being someone that you can trust. As a pastor, I, I want you to be able to trust us, right? It's earning your trust is more important than you earning our trust. And, uh, you know, we're not looking out of you. Can we trust these people? We're hoping you come and say, can I trust these guys and gals to walk with us in the journey with us? So, yeah, it's been a, a huge uh, journey for me and yeah. recognizing certain well, it's things. It's been eye-opening for you. You've been so transparent in your own journey. And, and we will be, as we go through these seven questions, each yeah. of us has an apex question. And for you, just six months ago, I mean, you're what, 75 years old, something like that? I just turned so, 75. Yeah, good. I look pretty so, good for 75, <laughs> don't I? But just six months ago, truly, after, yeah. after all these, you know, your whole journey, yeah. the light bulb went on that, yeah, that's my apex question. Yeah. And, and it's largely maybe because of some of these childhood experiences, yeah. maybe a little how you're wired. And so there's some things to work on as we can all work on them, but yeah. there's also some things that only you can provide to us, yes. right? right? Because you're so sensitive to people feeling secure in their relationships, feeling secure in their finances. And so for you to be able to help people out in their journey towards security is huge. Yeah. yeah. So for all of yeah. us, this is not, as Steve said, something to be fixed. Yeah. It's something to be recognized and say, okay, I've got some challenges to work on, but I've got, got some amazing things to give to this world. So and Steve, how it makes yes. us understand Thank like you. why I respond in the yeah. ways I do is right. just so eye-opening. Today's been very much struggle. There was bubbles going on out there with the preschool and kids are running to the bubbles before they run to me. And this is That's a security. I'm struggling with my security today. I think <laughs> you're more valuable like than bubbles. They're running right past me to the bubbles. I'm like, really? That's as deep as it gets. So anyways, well, sorry, thanks God for doing right. this. And yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. All right. So um, if, if, if you are a person who might struggle with security, these are the questions that you ask. You may ask, will I be able to provide for my family? That might be a question that you ask. Will I run out of money? Will I be able to retire? Will my family love me forever? Will our family stay together? Will my spouse stay with me? Am I gonna get sick, right? You might be very keenly aware of your family's medical history and you think, oh, this is coming to me, right? Uh, will God love me unconditionally? 
You might struggle with security in your relationship with God. Am I going to be okay? These are the questions that come up with somebody who might have as their apex question, am I secure? And again, there's benefits and there's cautions to people who have this heightened sense of, of security. Um, but really for us to know that, okay, this is my particular journey. These are the things I have to watch for. These, this is where I need to be strong. But this is the gift that I can be to the world around me by God's grace. But whether or not this is your apex question, all of us wanna get to the yes. Am I secure? The answer is yes. Now security is a big topic today. It's a huge topic today. There's discussions about national security, international security, border security, food security, um, healthcare security, housing security, infrastructure security, environmental security, cyber security, security systems. Security is everywhere, why? Because we have this deep and powerful innate drive to be secure. We want to feel secure. It's foundational, it's innate. Now here's the reality about security. Feeling insecure comes easy. Feeling insecure comes easy because we're wired to see threat, we're wired to respond to threat. So whenever there is something that feels a little insecure, it goes right to the heart, goes right to the soul. It's so easy to feel insecure. Our insecurity can be deeply set with one incident, one incident. Steve mentioned, you know, kind of growing up with not a lot of money, but if in that scenario, if a parent loses a job and you're already living paycheck to paycheck, the feeling of insecurity can be profound. So maybe you grew up with a family that lives paycheck to paycheck, then someone loses their job. It's like, whoa, are we gonna be able to eat? Are we gonna be able to keep the house? And some of you might be going through that right now. One incident can create this deep-seated sense of insecurity. Uh, parents fighting about money. Parents threatening separation, parents getting a divorce, parents separating, that creates a feeling, an incident of insecurity. Um, uh, if there's a family member who suffered with a disease, terrible disease, or passed away early, that creates this deep-seated insecurity, and we start to think, I don't know if I'm gonna be okay. I don't know if I'm gonna be okay. One incident can create that. One comment can create that, a single comment can create a lifelong sense of insecurity. If a teacher says, you know what? I don't think you're good at school. Now, they might have just had a bad day, right? But they told you something that is like defining for you. A teacher, somebody in authority says, you know what, you're not good at school. You're not good at this subject. I don't know if you're gonna make it, right? One comment from a teacher or a coach. If you have a parent that is brutally critical and just nitpicking and nitpicking, nitpick, these comments create a sense of insecurity. If a pastor in a church tells you, you know what, God is unhappy with you when you do that. God is angry with you. He's gonna discipline you. This creates insecurity, even our relationship with God, just by some uh, comment. I just got a message to drop this mic. I obey. There we go. One insecure season can create permanent sense of insecurity, a season. So example, if you lived through maybe a great recession, 2008 to 2011, maybe school shootings, maybe a pandemic, maybe wars, maybe a storming of a national capital. I don't know, just about everything that Generation Z went through. Generation Z went through kind of seasonal trauma after seasonal trauma growing up. And so it's no coincidence that Gen Z struggles with a sense of security, right? Comments, incidents, seasons of life can create insecurity. Now this is not my apex question. Am I secure is not my apex question, but I understand what it's like to feel insecure. 
So I want to get to a yes, right? I understand what it's like to have insecurity in our home and financial issues and a parent losing a job. I understand what it's like to have a parent say some terrible things to you. The, my dad, when he was about a six-pack in, uh, would say to me and my brother fairly regularly, you make me want to puke. I mean, it's tough stuff. And I heard this time and time and time again, and it does something to you to create some insecurity, right? Uh, and then I went to church to kind of escape home life. Church, Rancho Community Church was right up the road over there in our original campus. And starting in middle school, I went to that church and it was such a great community, such a, a welcoming community. And they brought me and my brother and my mom in and eventually, thankfully, my dad in and was a great community of care. But some of the things, not all the things, but some of the things that were taught there, particularly when I was in youth group, were pretty damaging and created a lot of insecurity. So here I am in, in middle school going to a church that I loved, that was a refuge in so many ways, but then being told, hey, listen, uh, our sin separates you from God. Sin separates us from God. It's like, what? Well, I think I might sin kind of all the time, right? Not just what I say, what I do, even what I think I was told is sinful and, and sin separates me from God, so I must be separated from God. And every time I did something wrong, it's like, well, God's separated from me and I have to do what? I've got to confess my sins and repent of my sins and promise I will never do it again, then do it, then, then not do it for a while, but then I do it again and then I got to start the whole thing over again. Insecure relationship with God. And then even being told that if I am not obedient enough, God may not answer my prayers. And maybe if I'm too disobedient or don't believe all the right things, I might even suffer in eternal hell. What? You talk about insecurity? Oh my gosh, nothing breathes insecurity more than religion and religion peddled to children and youth in a way that creates fear and insecurity. I mean, this is pervasive, this is normal. It's normal and creates insecurity. So feeling insecure comes easy. Feeling secure takes some effort. Feeling secure takes some effort. So we're gonna put in a little bit of effort today, but for those of you who struggle with the feeling of security, whether at a family level, financial level, or in your relationship with God, put in the effort, put in the work to wrestle through some of these things that we're gonna talk about today because God wants you feeling secure. He wants your answer to this question to be yes. Are you secure? Yes. Listen to Proverbs 3, 24 through 26. I love this. You can go to bed without fear, lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or destruction, for the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Isn't that cool? The Lord is your security. He doesn't promise here that everything's gonna work out. We never promise everything's gonna work out. The Bible never promises it's all gonna work out. There's gonna be some struggles here and there, no question. There could even be some significant struggles, no question. But through it all, there can be this sense of security, the sense that there are some unchanging realities that I can rest my life on. Even when the waves are tossed, I can rest on solid foundation in some unchanging truths. Primary among them is that God's love never changes. His grace is always on you. Some good news gospel work that we'll actually start right now. I'm gonna start with the definition of security. I made this up because I didn't like the def dictionary definitions. So I'm protesting every dictionary on earth. I don't like... <laughs> basically said security is uh, feeling secure. Uh, dictionaries, come on, you can do better. All right, here's my definition. The feeling of tranquility that comes from knowing there are unchanging assurances around me that I can count on. 
I mean, I'm not going to brag, but that's really good. A feeling of tranquility that comes from knowing there are unchanging assurances around me that I can count on. A lot of the world is changing. Security says, but there are things that don't change. And if I can identify those things, then I'm gonna be a secure person and feel the tranquility that comes from security. So let's start with a, a doctrine of the church called eternal security. Have you heard of the doctrine of eternal security? All right, so for those of you who have been in church for a while, you know the doctrine of eternal security. Uh, Some people say, yes, there's eternal security. Some say, no, there's not eternal security. But to me, if we're not secure in our relationship with God, we're not secure in anything. So let's start with a doctrine of eternal security. Essentially says this, once saved, always saved. Once I'm saved, once I'm in good relationship with God by his grace, I am always in a good relationship with God by his grace. Now, some people say, yes, there's eternal security. Most Christian churches say, no, there's not eternal security. So I've studied this doctrine for truly 40 years. I've studied this doctrine for 40 years. It's probably the doctrine I've studied the most in 40 years, right? And the answer to this question, am I eternally secure, will create a trajectory in our lives, not just our relationship with God, but our relationship with our family and friends and how we live in this world. It is such a powerful doctrine. Is there eternal security? Now, some people say no. Most of the Christian church says no, we are not eternally secure. When we are saved, and we'll talk about that as we go, when we're in a good relationship with God, it's really up to us to keep that relationship with God. But if we, let's say, don't believe anymore, if we have doubts, if we mess up our lives and make a bunch of bad decisions, we can actually be kicked out of the kingdom of heaven or remove ourselves from the kingdom of heaven. These are the people that say, no, there, are, there is no eternal security. It's the vast majority of the Christian faith. And there's a, a lot of scriptures that are kind of used to justify that. Among them is Hebrews 6, four through six. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened and who then turn away from God. Feels pretty definitive. Once you're enlightened, once you know God, once you know his grace, once you know Jesus, once you're enlightened, then turn your back. It's like, okay, you're out. Goodbye. Adios, take it easy. And there's a lot of work on not just this passage, but the entire book of Hebrews is uh, Hebrews talking about kind of nations, religions, you know, Israel as, as a whole, or is it talking about the individual? Lots of doctrinal work on all of these verses for sure. We don't have time to get into it, but just know that there are those who will, you know, pull some scriptures to say, no, we are not eternally secure and stay on your toes. You're not eternally secure, so hang in there. Keep believing the right things. Don't doubt Keep, you know, yourselves kind of in order. Uh, Obey God, right, to stay in his good graces. These are those who say there is no eternal security. It is the majority position in America. And I'm gonna compare this to a Christmas present. I know Christmas is ancient history, but uh, I found this one in a corner and I'm claiming it as mine. Um, Actually, my wife wrapped this this morning for me, so thank you very much. Nothing in it. But let's uh, use the analogy of a Christmas present. You have a Christmas present. It's a free gift, Right, parents gave you this gift, it's under a tree, it's got your name on it, okay, great. It is my responsibility to believe that my parents gave me this gift. It's my responsibility to receive the gift. It is my responsibility to open the gift. It is my responsibility to play with the toy and to protect the toy and to keep the toy. 
And so, yes, I have a gift from God that you could say is by his grace. However, if there comes a point in my life where I don't appreciate the toy anymore, if there comes a moment in my life where, you know what, I might be a little angry one day and I might actually break the toy and I might have a little attitude towards my parents, then you're out. If you don't believe in eternal security, if you don't do your part, you are out. You can receive the gift, but you can also say, you know what, I'm done with the gift. Adios, there you go. There's no more right relationship with God because you exited yourself. That creates a deep sense of insecurity. So when I was growing up, this is the doctrine I really grew up with, with the majority of my mentors and youth leaders. And so I took my relationship with God very seriously as a young student. And I'm telling you, I lived my adolescent life in fear of God because I was taught these little doctrines from well-meaning people who were just passing on what they were told, so nothing maniacal. They were just taught, hey, stay on your toes, stay in the faith. You better believe the right things. You better be sincere. Don't doubt and keep your way straight, right? Then you're gonna stay in God's good graces, but you deviate and you're out. That's what I was taught. So almost every day I'd have this thought in my head, do I believe the right things? Never really know. Am I sincere enough? You never really know. Am I good enough, obedient enough? Never really know. Am I pleasing God enough? You never really know. So I lived this life of spiritual insecurity. Insecurity. So I have this question. Why would people in church make us insecure in our relationship with God? Why would we do that? Why would church leaders and student leaders intentionally try to make us insecure in our relationship with God? You have any guesses? It's a pretty simple answer. To keep us in line. To keep us in line. Now again, well-meaning people, they're just, they were taught this so that they would stay in line. So they're, then they're teaching it so the next generation would keep, stay in line, right? Let me put it to you this way. Keeping people insecure creates a fear and fear is very useful to manipulate people. Fear keeps people going to church. Fear keeps people going to church. Fear keeps people dependent on church. Well, my church has the right doctrine. My church teaches the right things. My church is biblical, right? So I'm dependent on my church. Uh, fear keeps people volunteering in church. Well, I need to be a good person and I need to obey God. So if the church asks me to do something, I'll do it, right? Fear keeps people giving money to the church. Right? God expects you to be generous. Jesus died for you, give up a few bucks. How hard is that? I mean, manipulation based on insecurity, based on fear. Fear keeps people doing what they're told in church. Church leaders say, hey, this is good, this is bad, this is moral, this is immoral. I'm gonna tell you what to believe and you follow along. You're, you know, good little soldiers here at church. You're gonna make God happy. You make God happy, he's gonna bless your life. This is standard religion. It's standard Christian church. It's standard insecurity, peddling insecurity to keep people in line. I believe, we believe, God wants us to be confident adults, not scared children. God wants us to be confident adults, not scared children. Religion kind of breeds scared children. I need to rely on this pastor or teacher to tell me what to believe and tell me what's right and tell me what's biblical. I need, to tell, I need them to tell me what's moral and what's not. I need them to tell me who's good and who's bad and who's in and who's out. That's scared children. Confident adults have security. Confident adults are not afraid of whether they have the gift from God or not, whether they were good enough to get it or sincere enough or believe enough or not, whether they're in or out. 
That's a scared child. A confident, mature adult is secure. And so just to give you a little bit of our heart here, and we don't do this perfectly by any stretch, but our heart is that people will come to church, not because they're insecure in their relationship with God and they need to go to church to feel a sense of security. Okay, I did a good thing today. No, you're free from that. Go to church because, I don't know, you love each other, you love being together, um, love maybe some music that honors God and some teaching that makes us think, right? Don't be dependent on church. Don't be dependent on me or Steve or Carissa or any single teacher. To me, I, I just like to consider us conversation starters. The best emails I get, I've said this more than once, are the ones that disagree with me. I don't agree with you. Perfect, <laughs> fantastic. I'm probably wrong, right? That's okay. How about the freedom that says, not everybody's got all the right answers, right? We're a learning community. So if, if whatever happens up here is a discussion starter, great, agree, disagree, whatever. I don't have the corner on the market. Nobody has the corner on the market of, of all biblical truth. Volunteer because you believe in the cause and the mission. Don't volunteer because we're guilting and manipulating people to volunteer, to fill some slots. We don't want slot fillers. We want people to say, oh, I love that mission. I, I wanna pour into the next generation and I wanna help out people and families with special needs, right? I, I wanna help out with community mission of hope or single moms or wherever, whatever else we got going on to say, I love that mission. I'm in. Give money, not because it's a command. Give money, not because you're manipulated. Give money because you wanna support the mission. Here's what we say at Rancho. If you give money to Rancho Church, Community Mission of Hope, whatever else we do, you give money, you're not getting any of it back. In church you hear, hey, if you give, the more you give, the more you're gonna get. You can't outgive God. Well, I, I just think that's manipulative and I think that breeds insecurity. You give money here, it's gone. It ain't coming back. Now you've done something great with that money. You've resourced some really great mission that we believe advances the cause of Christ together. Give generously because that's what you wanna do to advance the cause of Christ. If you're not there, that's fine, right? This is a freedom environment. It's a secure environment. I don't have to scramble to earn anything from God because I'm secure. He just loves me always, always. We are eternally secure. So the doctrine of eternal security is this. Let's go back to the Christmas present thing. Doctrine of eternal security says, hey, listen, God's a gracious God. He's a good God. And he gives you this incredible gift, this gift of a right relationship with God, this gift of forgiveness, this gift of eternal life is yours. Here it is. And at the moment we see it and believe it and receive it. And then we open it up. Wow, that's great. God, thank you for this free gift that you've given. It's a free gift of grace and forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus Christ who proved his love for us. He, he gave himself even as a sacrifice. He lost his life for the cause of bringing the love of God to this world, rising again from the dead in victory. And God, thank you for that free gift. I receive it, I open it, I experience it, and it's mine forever, no matter what. That's the doctrine of eternal security. No matter what. Even if I walk through a season of doubt, even if I completely, even deny the faith, if my life is lived just a total wreck of a life and I'm uh, dishonoring God and dishonoring people, it's an eternal gift freely given and I am eternal, eternally secure no matter what I do. No matter the struggles I go through, the gifts of God are irrevocable. Here's some scriptures of many, many I could quote. Romans eleven twenty nine: the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Pretty simple, right? No give back sees. We're secure. 
Romans 8, 38 and 39, just a bedrock foundational passage about eternal security. Let me read this. I'll go a little slow so you can just absorb the truth of this. You are eternally secure. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Pretty definitive. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. The gifts of God are irrevocable. We are eternally secure. Once saved, always saved, period. Now, I've got a lot of buddies in this once saved, always saved world. Lots and lots of buddies. Our church kind of comes from that zone, once saved, always saved. Lot of eternal security buddies who are very insecure. And here's why. When they get to their kind of real moments, when they're by themselves and in their heads, they would ask the question, okay, once saved, always saved, but was I ever really saved in the first place? Did I believe the right things in the first place? Did I pray the right prayer in the first place? Was I sincere enough in the first place? And then a lot of eternal security people, once saved, always saved, will say, in fact, some of the most famous eternal security people will say, yeah, but you know, if you're really saved, you'll prove it by your works. It's like, okay, well, now I'm super insecure, even though I believe in the doctrine of eternal security. Was I ever really saved in the first place? Did I ever really cross that line of salvation? So what I want us to do, and, and hang with me here, this is gonna take five more minutes. I want us to take one step further back and reevaluate what we're even talking about when we say salvation. Because a lot of us grew up thinking that salvation is a gift from God that he gives us that I've gotta believe in and open and receive. And whether it's secure or not, I still feel insecure. Did I really receive this? Am I really saved? So let's take one step back and maybe we can change the definition of salvation to this. And just think about it. Maybe salvation is simply believing you are already a child of God and that nothing can ever or will ever take that away from you. So maybe it's not a gift that was given by God that we have to believe in and receive and open and wonder if we're eternally secure or not. Maybe it's not a gift like this at all. Maybe it's about looking back and to say, oh, well, God... You've always been there. And salvation is not a gift, really, that you give. The gift is you. And you've always been there. And you've always loved me. You've never looked at my failures. I've always been forgiven. You've always been kind and gracious toward me. You've always been there for me. Whether I knew it or not, whether I believed it or not, you've always been my father. Thank you. How secure is that? That is, you wanna talk about eternal security? Don't argue with all the 500-year-old doctrine of eternal security or not, and the gift or not, was I sincere and believe the right things, and all the blah, 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 the religious stuff. Just look back and, uh, and with your kind of spiritual eyes, go, God, you just were always there. You've always been my father, you've always been loving, you've always been gracious, you've always been kind, you've always been forgiven. I just didn't know it, but I believe it now.
And that's the moment we are awakened to a salvation that may have already been there. That's salvation. We're a child of God, not given a gift to open or a gift even to receive in the sense that I'm gonna take it, but to receive the truth of something that's already been there. We're a child of God. That kind of takes the whole doctrinal argument, puts it to bed a little bit, and takes every ounce of insecurity and blows it away. I'm a child of God. Romans 8, 15 through 16. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. God, wa God wants no fear. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, Father, Dad, for his spirit joins our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. That's salvation. The spirit and presence of God with our spirit and to just recognize you're my father. Thank you. Thank you. I'm your child. You don't see the bad. You only see the good. You smile and take great pleasure in my journey. And sometimes my journey is a rough one. Sometimes I don't believe. And sometimes I'm, I have doubts. And sometimes I struggle. And sometimes I mess up. And a father says, well, that's part of you growing up. And God's saying, I'm not panicking. I'm not kicking you out. You don't have to measure up. You're my beautiful daughter. You're my incredible son. And yes, you went sideways here, but we'll get you back. That's all right. It's a journey. That's salvation. We're a child of God. Well, when did we become a child of God? Well, get this, if you want a mind blower. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family and to bring us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. When did we become a child of God? Before the foundation of the earth. That's how gracious God is. Before you were even born, you were his child by grace through Jesus. Before you even had the capacity to believe in him, you were his child by grace through Jesus. Believing that, looking back, wow, it's not about a gift that you gave outside. You are the gift. You are my father and you love me and I am secure in you. End of story. That is security. What if you don't believe the right things? You're secure. What if you're not sincere all the time? You're secure. What if you doubt and have questions? You are secure. What if you mess up? You are secure. What if you really mess up? You are secure. And God will walk with you and with me through it all. With the warmth of his embrace, you are secure. So now what? As security grows and strengthens in your life, insecurity will drop, fear will drop, anxiety will begin to drop over time, and you will have the strength to then be the security that other people need. You will be that security in their life. That's a beautiful part about this journey. Everything God does for us by grace, we can do for others by grace. Are you secure? Yes. Can you bring security into the lives of others? Yes. We're gonna close in a song and let this song also be our closing prayer. It's called Prince of Peace. It's this beautiful, kind of still song. And it recognizes that sometimes there are things out there that are a little unsettling. When fear comes knocking, you'll be my guide. When day breeds trouble, you'll hold my heart. Come storm or battle, God, I know your peace will meet me there. Let this song be a prayer that recognizes God, 
You are my peace. You are my security through it all. Let's sing this together. Your life 